Mini-episode 1138 of the FDH Lounge is brought to you by Sportsology, delivering unconventional columns and webcasts about sports, TV, music, movies, and more. Follow them on the web at Sportsology.com. The FDH Lounge. You want to schedule your life around it. A long time ago, on a gloomy, wet Cleveland spring night, two men stand alone amidst the late-night drizzle. Their voices echo across the vacant station parking lot as they debate the merits of the great American radio show that have been missing for far too long. On that night, an idea was born. That idea became the FDH Lounge. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the FDH Lounge. This is FDH Managing Partner Rick Morris here. We've got our 2019 AFC North preview in our continuing series of the AFC and also the NFC, all of the divisions leading into the 2019 season. Of course, we started off with our look at the 2019 AFC East. And uh, so if you caught that one, if you're listening sequentially, and why wouldn't you be, of all things, then you know that we are joined this year. uh, Following in the lineage of past greats in the FDH Lounge, Kyle Ross, Chris Galloway. This year we have Raymond Smalley coming back to the FDH Lounge. The Platinum Smalls won himself joining us, breaking down today the AFC North. Welcome back to the FDH Lounge, Raymond. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. <laughs> See, you, you got lyrics there. Meanwhile, as we start with the AFC uh, North here, the, the presumed favorite by most, my Cleveland Browns, boy, that feels like an out-of-body experience to say that after all these years. Uh, I'll bring some lyrics of my own because uh, there's a certain scold in the national media who doesn't like Baker Mayfield, who likes to troll him, and whose attitude about the Browns and the quarterback situation seems to be, Mr. We could use a man like Paul McDonald again! <laughs> you know the thing! I will spare. I will spare the audience. I will spare your audience the five-minute riff that you and I uh, go into, and I will. I will skip ahead to our closing, simply saying these four words. <laughs> and of course, ladies and gentlemen, of course, we are trolling Colin Cowherd with that. Uh, just listen to the way the man enunciates. Uh, the Gene Stapleton estate should be suing him for uh, gimmick infringement. You understand if they sue him, they're going to be suing us as well. <laughs> Probably, uh, yes. And, and, uh, on the other and, hand, and don't. I, and I, will say, uh, to, I will say as well to your audience, uh, if you look outside now and you have every, uh, as you're listening to us, and you have every uh, dog within your neighborhood uh, outside, don't be alarmed. Uh, I find myself that it is a common occurrence when I do uh, Gene Stapleton doing Colin Calvert. Yes, yes. Nothing brings them around like that. But uh, as I alluded to you off air, one of the challenges here in talking about the Browns, and uh, not even so much my fandom because I can put that aside, and most years I, I've been bitterly negative about the Browns on the show, and I've been right, uh, generally speaking, in that. Uh, I am enthusiastic. How many times have you said to me you would love not to be right? 
Well, exactly. Exactly. I mean, I say that every year. Uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna suck. I really hope they prove me wrong. Uh, this year, I need them to prove me right. They they've been proving me right all this time. I just need them to keep it going for one more year. Actually, a couple more years because the future is as bright as it is for any team in the NFL. And uh, again, uh, in Dorsey, we trust because uh, the job that he has done of coming in here and turning everything around and. Uh, not every move was one that I would have made necessarily. I was on record a year ago as preferring Sam Darnold in the draft, but uh, I loves me some Baker Mayfield at this point. Glad to be proven wrong on that. I was there uh, at the Jake in the Fox Sports Ohio uh, Loge. Thank you very much for that one. Legendary Ron Glasnap for hooking me up on that. I was there the night of the shotgun formation that Baker Mayfield had at the Indians game. And uh, so, again, but... One of the challenges is what's there to say that every other PUD in the national media hasn't already said. Yeah, the front four uh, with the moves that they've made, the two guys plus the two guys who came in, figures to be the best in the league on paper if they stay healthy. Uh, this is getting a little bit of pub. I don't know how much, but Miles Garrett using more pass rushing moves than he was allowed to under Greg Williams. Uh, he could be the runaway NFL Defensive Player of the Year the way that he's looked thus far in August. Uh, again, uh, adding Greedy Williams to that uh, defensive backfield, I like that. A uh, little Where bit. Did uh, Greedy Williams uh, go to college? Remind me. I knew you were going to. Why, why don't you tell us? The Louisiana State University. I teed it up for you there, but uh, I love that pick. This whole thing of like, uh, he's a wonderful athlete, but I'm not sure how well he can tackle. Yeah, you know who else they said that about? Deion Sanders. I'll take my chances with this kid. But, uh, again, an absolute steal in the second round. Uh, again, you look at the linebackers, uh, the, the rookies that they've had there, uh, Wilson and uh, the Hawaiian kid, uh, they've both had pretty good camps. So maybe the depth there is going to be a little better than people think. Uh, depth at uh, defensive line, you still kind of wonder about that. The offensive line is the big question right now. Uh, with the Kevin Zeitler trade, I can hear fellow FDH Lounge dignitary Bob Glassman screaming from clear across town in Beechwood, as I mentioned that deal. Uh, he's so bitter about Olivier Vernon being here instead of Zeitler, and that he wouldn't have even made the, uh, the Beckham deal uh, if it meant losing Zeitler. So uh, Bob has uh, clearly gone over the edge on that one. Uh, but uh, <laughs> not the first time, won't be the last time, folks. But uh, we love you, Bob. How's it going, buddy? Uh, left tackle... <laughs> Bob is actually squarely in his mind, which is uh, an interesting place to be. No question now, about that's it. Dis- that's disappointing because if he called in right now, I would like him to go to the. Uh, I would like him to go to John Travolta in Swordfish. Yeah, ain't it cool? <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it. He might sound like that if you got him talking about this offensive line. Greg Robinson. We'll see how he can do at left tackle. Uh, offensive line, the big question mark right now, if there is one on this very loaded team. Also, kicker, uh, neither of the, uh, the the young guys has reached ahead and grabbed the job there. But, uh, again, Baker Mayfield in his second year, probably the best offensive skill package in the league. That's, uh, again, uh, Antonio Callaway can't stay away from the weed, so he won't be in there the first four games. But, uh, again, uh, you add Odell Beckham Jr. to this uh, collection of pass catchers. Jalen Strong has been a nice reclamation project thus far. 
this summer. David Njoku continuing to take strides forward at tight end. Actually got to work on the uh, the blocking probably more than anything at this point. Nick Chubb, who I, I think, again, for all these people that are like, uh, you know, oh, the Browns really upgraded with Kareem Hunt. I'm going to just say it, people, and you can call me crazy. Uh, Nick Chubb's a better running back, and he might be the best running back in the league because he showed last year he got the burst back. We got the pre Knee injury, Nick Chubb back in there. Uh, the kid you saw at Georgia running wild. Uh, again, there is uh, there is no realistic ceiling to what this team can do. I'm not picking them to go to the Super Bowl, but they got to be on a short list of favorites in the AFC, and that shows how crazy the year 2019 is that I'm saying that. Offensive line, I agree with you, especially the interior to me is the question, skill positions. I, You know, I was... I was in the minority in, in Northeast Ohio and this state because whenever I would go to people before the draft last year, I would say, who do you want? I want anybody but Baker. Why do you feel that way? Well, he's like Manziel. Okay, why do you feel that way? He's short and from a spread offense. And I would say to people, let me tell you something. Warren Buffett and I are both white guys. <laughs> that is where the comparison ends. He is the best young quarterback in this league. I wouldn't go as far as, as, as you on Chubb. He's, he's outstanding. I would actually still take his Georgia teammate and, and New England Patriots running back Sony Michelle over him. Um, Beckham obviously could be fun to watch, and the two of them, Baker and Beckham, I can't think of a more dynamic duo in the league. Is there a better duo in the league? Yeah, I'm getting a call from New Orleans right now. However, just the energy that those two can bring. I agree with Njoku. I was actually originally against that pick. I think you're right. I think there are still kind of blocking questions there, but great, great pass catcher. Defensively, front four is loaded. Ward has worked out better than I ever thought, obviously throwing Greedy in there. And I will say something that no one else has said. Uh, There is a linebacker from Boise State, uh, currently a Dallas Cowboy, who gets a whole lot of attention. Joe Schobert is right up there, in my opinion, with him as the best young linebacker in this league. Interesting. All right, so you're uh, you're not as haunted by the missed tackles then as some people are. No, no, I lo- no, I'm not. I like I like his. I look. I mean, as Scott Fujita once upon a time said, linebacker is you know is 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 is, is see is see ball chase ball get ball. Yeah. You know, Schobert, to me, yeah, I agree with you in looking at tape with him. There are, you know, there there are some form issues. There are some tackling things I'd like to see. But in terms of the energy he plays with, the ability to go side to side uh, on the field, yeah, like I said, I put him up there with, uh, I, again, I think Van Der Esch is slightly better. And I also think that Van Der Esch can get to the quarterback more than Schobert can in those kinds of situations. But to me, he's... To me, he's a top five. Um, he's top five at that position right now in this league. And to me, like I said, he is right up there with with Van Der Esch as the best young linebacker in this league. Interesting. Well, uh, from your lips to God's ears, uh, I certainly hope it plays out that way in 2019. And you look at that, and again, a lot of the questions that are being said around the league in terms of the, the vulture media nationally. Of course, uh, first year Browns head coach Freddie Kitchens who has run 
uh, a no-nonsense camp. He's had the guys out there in pads. He's had them hitting. Uh, this is a guy who is uh, trying to kill the hype at every turn here, uh, being stern and no-nonsense about how good this team is and how good they can be, and let's see him prove it. And striking all the right notes so far, which is all you can ask for. And ultimately to the people, and you and I had a lot of conversations about this, he would have, if you make him the OC, he's going to leave in a year. If you don't retain him, he's going to have a job somewhere, likely under his mentor Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay, but that's not the point. Uh, if you did not hire, who else would you have hired? All right, He is the one who turned around that offense once he was given the keys to the Maserati, which does 185, yes. by the way. <laughs> You're, you're, you're just you're just mentioning that because Joe Walsh has announced he's running for president. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, well, life's been good to him so far. Uh, yeah, if you want to say he's a first-year head coach, and there is, you know, and, and there is not a megaphone, there is a wall of sound out of the out of those offensive players specifically. All right, that is a fair conversation we can have. If you're saying he was the wrong choice or he's going to be overwhelmed by this job or you would have hired somebody else and they could benefit from, I ask you, who would you have hired and and disabuse yourself of, well, you could have brought him back as OC for one year or not at all. Yeah, yeah, not enough people have focused on that, particularly the ones who thought that they should have kept on uh, Greg Williams. I will say also, too, as far as it goes with Kitchens, you mentioned Bruce Arians, also learned under Bill Parcells. Uh, He's had some really good mentors. Also, a guy by the name of Nick Saban, you might have heard of him. So, he has had... uh, motif. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, folks. This is what you call in Hollywood a running gag. Yes. <laughs> if I had the opportunity of spending, if I had the opportunity, if I were in football, of hiring somebody that spent a year, one year around Nick Saban and one year under Bill Parcells, well, they forget in 10 minutes what most people learn in five years in football. Yep. So, he he's had very good manners. Yeah, he didn't, you know, well, he, he, he couldn't have soaked up all the knowledge of, all right, but ultimately everyone's going to have their own leadership style, and if you want to pattern yourself after somebody, I'd say a year under Bill Parcells and a year under Nick Saban would be a very good way to go. Very much so. So, yeah, these are the things people are not pointing out about Freddie Kitchens. Uh, this is a guy who looks like he's going to be cool under fire, and that's what's going to be necessary because the Browns are going to have all the expectations in the world on them. Generally, when you're saying that about this division, you might be speaking about one of two teams, but you're probably speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, uh, again, they, they've turned through in recent years some skill position talent. Uh, Roethlisberger's still been there, but at running back and at wide receiver, they've churned through some guys over years and uh, not really suffered any. 
I'm wondering right now what's going to happen because, yes, there could be a rallying around effect. Uh, sadly enough, the wide receiver coach, Daryl Drake, passed away very suddenly for Pittsburgh. I'm wondering here because you just look at it. You and I aren't in their practices every day, but you look at the developmental job that he has done with that crew over the years. You have to say probably one of the best position coaches in the league. So it's a thing Absolutely. where what kind of a you know and again it, it's you know you, you talk about it, these are life or death issues which are obviously more important but we're doing a football preview here too you have to look at how it's going to play out on the field and uh, again there's going to be the rallying around effect the players wanting to dedicate the season to him but how much is there going to be a brain drain in terms of what he would have said to these guys at certain points during the season in the wide receiver room to try to coach them up? This is the first year to Juju Smith-Schuster, who I was very high on coming out of USC, by the way. This is the first year he's had to carry the burden of being the number one guy, among other things. Rick, is it true that you were only high on him coming out of USC because his name was Juju Smith-Schuster? It didn't hurt, but I like his ability. I was high on James Washington, too. I remember just about punching a wall when the Squealers got him instead of the Browns. So, they have talent there. They do. They do, but they got they, they got to get the uh, most out of it. They, no, they do. You know, for the, for the people that have fallen, and for the people out there that are like, we don't need Lavey and Bell. See, this kid's kid. Okay, hold on. All right, very good. Very good year last year. Is he a top five back in this league? No, no he's not. He a top ten back in this league? No, he's not. Is he a top ten back in the AFC? That's debatable, and there are only sixteen teams. All right. Yeah. Um, on the flanks, I'm with you. I love Schuster. I think Dontre Moncrief is a nice addition. James Washington, Ryan Switzer, Vance Mc. Vance McDonald probably Vance McDonald probably makes my top fifteen underrated players uh, in this league, um, and offensively, especially. I mean, we talked about uh, previous offensive lines in cheer here. The Jets being questionable, it doesn't get better in this league than than um, Ramon Foster, David Castro, and Marquise Pouncey. Well, yeah, and so, they really, they made Connor look really good last year, and they may again this year. But, uh, again, it's, it's going to be on them to a great degree. And then you look at the back seven of the Steelers as well. I mean, they, 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 they always have some guys who can really come through at linebacker and in the defensive backfield, and they also always seem to have some guys who are question marks there as well. That's kind of a, uh, a constant with them. It doesn't seem to hold them back, at least as far as the regular season goes, but I think it's had something to do with their playoff ceiling in recent years. Yeah, I, look, Bush, I thought, was a, you know, for, for, all, for, for those out there who said, well, you've got to draft a wide receiver to replace, granted, the Dallas Cowboys, who we'll talk about eventually, got Amari Cooper through trade, but it could not have worked out better that they didn't take Calvin Ridley and did take Lee Vanderesh. Uh, same thing with the Steelers. Um, yeah, there were wide receivers out there, but they trade up to get the guy that is going to obviously not completely replace, but stand within the stead of Ryan Shazier. I love Devin Bush in Michigan. T.J. Watt has come out to be everything that that you know that we think he was going to be. I like Bud Dupree a lot. Secondary is a big, big question for me. Um, you know, Joe Hayden to me has never quite lived up to what he thought he could be. Terrell, Terrell Edmonds is a question mark to me. Uh, on seven, though, I think they're as good as anybody in the league. And, you know, I 
ran into a guy yesterday while I was grocery shopping who, and I saw his Steelers shirt, and kind of just to get a conversation going, you know, said said to him that, you know, I like his shirt, obviously I was lying. <laughs> uh, however, um, you know, when I say, he said, he said the thing about it is, it is, it's quiet. It's, there's not drama. I don't, yes, we might be marginally less talented, but I don't miss the atmosphere around that team. And ultimately, now, I'm not going to go as far as Gene Stapleton. They are undervalued. No, I think they're valued exactly with what we think they are. Um, you know, could they be a playoff team? Yes. Are a lot of people ignoring them at their own peril? Yes. That said, you put Cleveland's roster next to Pittsburgh's roster, and I'm still taking Cleveland's roster. Haven't been able to say that since the 80s, and boy, that feels good to hear. But yeah, that is the case. Uh, while I have the Browns as division champions, I do have the Steelers as a wild card team, uh, which again, uh, knowing of my sports hatreds, just shows you how objective I am. Speaking of which, we move along to another team that I loathe. You are, nothing, you are nothing if not objection. You are nothing if not objective, and often objectionable. <laughs> I am both, and. Uh, uh, it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to get see, a read. See the segue right there could be speaking of objectionable ladies and gentlemen, the Cincinnati Bengals. But I think we're going to talk about Baltimore next. Well, we're going to save that for the uh, Sean McVay cosplaying at the end here, uh, and get to uh, Baltimore in terms of looking at he, my projected he, uh, listen, finish. Listen, he was once spotted in the same coffee bean that Sean McVay had been in six months earlier. <laughs> that, that was all the connection that the Bengals needed. But uh, first we move on to uh, an infinitely less interesting story, uh, that being the Baltimore Ravens. You know, people act like the Ravens gained as much as they lost defensively in free agency. I don't see it that way. Uh, Earl no. Thomas is going to be a, a, a Hall of Famer, but that contract for where he's at in that stage of his career, I mean, we know that his middle finger still works, but uh, what's more important is how his legs actually function uh, in this day and age. And uh, that remains to be seen, quite frankly, until the season really gets going here. Offensively, it's fascinating to me that Baltimore managed to lose in a way where Lamar Jackson got so exposed by the Chargers last year. Cause I, and actually, as a Browns fan, I was really kind of upset because I was hoping they were just going to keep doing what they're doing all the way into 2019. So you know they got to be making some adjustments, but you had talked about this in regards to uh, the AFC East when we were going through on there, bringing up a Ben Simmons comparison. My Ben Simmons comparison uh, in the NFL is Lamar Jackson. Oh, well, we can teach him how to pass at the NFL level. A guy where that was never a huge part of his game at Louisville. I mean, you know, he, he passed effectively and efficiently there, but it was his feet that got him as far as where he was going to go. And this whole thing of feats don't fail me now, it only takes you so far in the NFL. We saw the limitations of it late last year. And this is a year where, again, uh, as I had indicated in the first uh, segment that we did previewing this year, Good friend Chris Galloway, unable to join us, FDH Lounge Dignitary, unable to join us for our previews this year. But I'm going to get his take in there anyways. Uh, and he influenced me a little bit in this regard. I got Baltimore going 7-9. and nine. He thinks the bottom's going to fall out. He, he's looking at this as basically a rotted carcass where things may just kind of fall apart in a million different directions. 
And I don't think it's necessarily going to be as bad as what he's thinking, but based on the things that he has said to me and the things that he pointed out, I wouldn't bet against it. This is not a team that's getting better at this point in time in a division where it's getting harder to keep up. No, I'll, 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 I'll talk about the offense momentarily. To your Earl Thomas point, my brother, I mentioned Cowboys fan, um, he was obviously hopeful, as was Skip Clueless, of the Cowboys acquiring Earl Thomas. I remember seeing when that deal broke and, and just the screaming inside my head of, boy, did they overpay. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there, is, there, there is overpaying, and then there is overpaying. Yeah. And they, they it, was, it was ridiculous to me to the level that they overpaid. To your point about the offense, Lamar Jackson, and, 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 and don't get me wrong, with what they have around him, Mark Andrews, Mark Ingram, I mean, breaking up the boom and zoom duo in New Orleans, Kamaro, Alvin Kamara, not necessarily happy about that. I think he is a great addition. I think Willie Sneed showed some promise, and I loved, despite the fact that he was playing on a bad angle against Alabama, I loved Hollywood Brown uh, coming out of Oklahoma. So I love the pieces they have around him. That said, Lamar Jackson, to use a college basketball analogy, is you watch him play and you and you just marvel at the athlete he is, similar to some college basketball players. Then you get to the NBA and it's like, oh, wait a minute. Everybody's an athlete. Right. And, you know, the, the, the you know, what they were able to do last year was impressive. To the, well, no, no, we're going to limit his runs. It's going to be more drop-back passing. It's, well, yeah, or, or, or you're staring down the barrel of 3-13 and 13 because we saw what the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, you know, with a week's worth of tape were able to do with, to him. Yep. Um, I, I won't go as far. You know, it, it seems, you know, it seems like this team, and again, offensively very good pieces, defensively of the 11 players, maybe eight question marks. Like I said, they way overpaid for Earl Thomas. I'm not the biggest fan, as some are, of Jimmy Smith. I love Chris Wormley coming out of Michigan. Um, Patrick on Patrick at Arc, you know, Kenny Young. Those are questions to me defensively, and this will surprise some people. I think they're actually worse than they are offensively, mostly because, again, because of the complementary pieces around Jackson. Um, but you know, this is a team that you say rebel. You know, there, there, there are there, there are people that last year looked at what they were, that, that what they did, and their ability to retool on the fly, and you know. And called them semi-revolutionary. And to those people who want a revolution, I would say, well, you know. <laughs> By the way, I got another reference about a player that you mentioned earlier on there in your spiel, uh, Mark Ingram. Uh, I agree with you about his talent. I agree with you about his ability. But uh, a reference that was once made about the sex in the city gals, there's a lot of city miles there when you're talking about Mark Ingram. No, listen, and that... Listen, and that's fair. And he has never. And you and I talked about, 
you know, the, the people who look back and say, well, Reggie Bush was a bust in this league. Was he really? Because he's in that Sean Payton offense, and Sean Payton, you know, bringing in Alvin Kamara, bringing in guy, a guy like Taysom Hill. Sean Payton loves to be very creative and loves to do all kinds of very fun things with personnel. Yeah. Um, Mark Ingram has never been the lead dog, so to speak. You know, it's always been Alvin Kamara. It's always, you know, before him is Pierre Thomas. They've always had guys around Mark Ingram that would li- that, that yes, there are city miles, but you know, not the city miles of a Todd Gurley, of an Ezekiel Elliott, of a guy that you absolutely, I mean, every every post on your wall, so to speak, is from him. Yeah. And I, I listen, and I and look, and I, I I I completely agree with you in terms of you know, is he is is is, is there? Let you know is I would say there are there is less than people would think for for a veteran at his age. At the same time, I agree with you in that he's never been in this position, and at his age, I think durability is a legitimate question. Yeah, yeah, and that's going to come into play, and uh, that's going to be one of the many things holding them back. I, I think we are certainly in the mainstream as far as not seeing Baltimore as being a playoff team this year. Uh, I, I can certainly say, uh, without any hesitation, we are certainly in the mainstream not seeing the Bengals as a playoff team. Uh, I have them in the cellar in the division here. Again, uh, interesting skill position talent there. Uh, you, you, you've still got the soulless ginger there at quarterback uh, serving up turnovers on a regular basis, but uh, pretty good skill position talent around him, uh, certainly above average. Uh, defensively, again... I did, when I did my triplets piece, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. When I did my triplets piece for my blog, uh, which was actually a very... Put it out there. Yeah, talk about that. Very creative, very creative piece. I I had seen someone talk about the combination of quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and so I actually, you know, as as I said, was in the post uh, for ratings. I went to where all of us have basically you know, garnered our comprehension of football, Madden, and broke it down by you know broke it down by team, broke it down by position. I'm actually considering doing something similar with you know with with defenses and back seven, but. I remember when I was putting that together, and, you know, I'm thinking the Bengals are going to be somewhere, you know, 22, 23, 24, 25. They're in the top half of this league in terms of, yeah, Dalton, you know, I, Dalton is nothing to text home about. Yeah. But Joe Mixon, um, when he's not on the Oklahoma campus doing things we won't talk about here with members of the opposite sex, uh, <laughs> you know, is a top ten back in this league. AJ Green is a top five wide receiver in this league. Yeah. So there is, you know, there is offensive talent there. And by the way, Tyler, uh, Tyler, John Ross, when he's right, is a very fun wide receiver. And Tyler Eifert, when he's healthy, is a top ten tight end in this league. You know, and that's the thing. I remember uh, around the time of the NFL draft uh, when he came out. I remember saying to Jason Jones, you know, I grew up as a young kid thinking that John Ross was going to be the future of Ewing Oil. I didn't know he was going to be the future of the NFL. You know, I was, I, I was, I was always a much bigger fan of Bobby than I was of Jr. 
<laughs> I could see that. I, I could, I, I could it see had, that. It had, a lot, it had a lot to do, by the way, with Pamela as opposed to Sue Ellen. Well, I, I will say this, though. For anyone that watched uh, the Dallas reboot earlier in the decade, uh, Linda Gray aged amazingly, amazingly well. So uh, she... Uh, you Unlike know, Charlene Tilton, who, if Rick, you remember, I said at the time, <laughs> looked like 200 miles of bad road. <laughs> I do remember you saying that. Uh, but, yeah, Victoria Principal uh, in the 80s. Uh, what more could a young man want to watch on TV on Friday nights? Enough said. Uh- but uh, absolutely, yeah. But the uh, the, the Bengals uh, again, uh, you know, finally getting out of the purgatory of Marvin Lewis all these years, and at least trying to do something different. But as long as Mike Brown is owning the team and doing things like sending scouts on the road, what would we need to spend money on that for? Then there's always going to be a low ceiling on what they can do. And you know what? So you know what's so interesting about that is. And I had thought they were the last team. I invite everyone, if you have Amazon Prime, and obviously we'll talk about the Carolina Panthers uh, later, and I will go more in-depth in this. But they uh, they did their, their excellent series all or nothing this season. When they did it with the Carolina Panthers this year. And they didn't. I thought the Cincinnati Bengals were the last team in the league without a practice bubble. The Carolina Panthers didn't have a practice bubble. Really? Okay. Yeah, because it, quote, Never rains in Charlotte. <laughs> Having visited the Queen City, and by that I mean, wait, wait, what? Yeah. Now, Mike Brown is is Mike Brown is that guy who don't you dare tell me. Actually, you know what, Rick? This is a this is a perfect time for a another funny joke of ours. Mike Brown is that guy who would say, "Don't you dare come at me with your liberal facts, or I'll postulating." <laughs> Thank you for yes, stealing my reference, but sure. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, your father yes. Uh, practically invented football. That doesn't mean you know anything about football. Yeah, it, uh, it sometimes can mean uh, just the opposite. And uh, that takes me back to my days at the station uh, when the 49ers were touting the hiring of Mike Nolan as their new head coach with things like, oh, you know, his father was once a successful head coach for the team here, Dick Nolan. And I remember saying, I would travel the countryside to see if Bill Walsh had any illegitimate kids anywhere before hiring this guy. And I proved to be exactly yeah. right in what I said. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, there, listen, there was, listen, there wasn't a, there wasn't an assistant to the assistant to the assistant of the guy that used to bring a Mike Holmgren's coffee to him. Yeah. That you could have hired. Yeah. Wait, and that's what the Cincinnati Bengals did this year. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I. <laughs> hey, hey, it worked so well for the Dolphins getting that kind of a guy the last couple of years, didn't it? Of course, he's with the Jets now, so. <laughs> You know, you, you discount that playoff appearance against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, yeah, I discount it because I watched it. Uh, that, that's what allows me to, uh, to discount it. Uh, the, the eye test, uh, which I know would, uh, a phrase that would make Kyle Ross hurl if he were to hear it right here, right now. But uh, I still proudly use it. The eye test, the eye test, the eye test. Uh, I use it yeah, and, all the time. And I was going to say, speaking of eye, pa- uh, of eye test, there are maybe two starters on that Bengals defense that I would take. Um, there are, I mean, they're, 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 I don't know what the, uh, uh, the, the, there are question marks, as I've said, 
and then there are, th- then there is just Stone Cold Steve Austin screaming the word "what" into a microphone. <laughs> what? Yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, and and that and that to me is the Bengals' defense. As good as they are offensively, is as bad as they are defensively. Um, I you know I like Chris Wor- I like Chris Worley. I like uh, Sam Hubbard. I like Niall Scott. Um, but those are second team players for the Bengals right now. First team players, like I said, they are as they are as bad defensively as anyone in the AFC. They're as bad defensively as they are offensively, and we talk about how bad the Dolphins can be, and yes, I think the Dolphins are worse. Um, but Cincinnati ain't much better. No, and if we lived in a world where whether you lived or died determined uh, was determined by your talent level, you talked about no more than two guys. There's no more than two guys I'd toss a life raft to if they were doggy paddling furiously in the Ohio River, if that was the case. Yeah, that, that defense, uh, again, uh, you know, stars and scrubs, uh, as it has been over the years, but uh, getting a little bit thinner on the stars as we go by here. So, uh, again, a, uh, a division that I am very happy to say uh, should be helmed this year by your Cleveland Browns, the new America's team. And, by the way, we will end this segment here. You mentioned it before. Uh, I was remiss in not putting it over previously. Uh, your return to blogdom, always Googling atleyhammaker.blogspot.com. Plug it away. Hey, no, thank you very much. Uh, wait, can I tell, the, do we have time for me to tell the story really quick of how, uh, of those of you who do not know Atlee Hamaker, uh, former first-round pick, uh, 1983 All-Star and father of five daughters, uh, do I have time to, to tell that story real quick? Tell the story because it was the uh, it was the prequel blog to this one. Yes, okay, so the, yeah, so the All-Star game, uh, it was a while ago, I know that. Yeah. Um, the, the, the American League had the bases loaded, and Rick and I were talking about, you know, there had only ever been one Grand Slam in All-Star Game history. That was, of course, hit by uh, Fred Lynn of the California Angels in old, Google it, kids, Comiskey Park. Uh, and Rick said, yeah, who gave that up? And I said, with full confidence, I, as I knew, Adley Hamaker. And there were a couple of seconds of silence. And I said to Rick, are you Googling Atlee Hamaker? <laughs> and both of us said, yeah, that would absolutely be. And so I did once upon a time start a blog, uh, you know, I did start a blog called Googling Atlee Hamaker, got busy with life and other things. Um, and when I went to go back into the blog, the email address I had used for it uh, was then shut out. So I had to... Come up with another, you know, come up with another uh, blog, and I really liked the idea. Just googling Atlee Hamaker just rolls off the tongue. Yep. And so I, you know, and so and again, everyone listening is not privileged to the conversations that Rick and I have. Well, we'll spend an hour and a half doing fun facts on. I think our last one was Addie Joss. Right now, there are about a thousand kids googling Addie Joss. <laughs> And what I realized is that the, the, the various interests I had, the things that, I, that I'm interested in, you know, Googling Atlee Hamaker is a perfect encapsulation of the nonsense that I'm always Googling throughout my days. Yep. And so, you know, I called Rick and I said, what do you think of always Googling Atlee Hamaker? And, yeah, 
we la- we launched last we we launched last week covering everything. I mentioned the triplets piece. There's a great story on uh, uh, the Lou Hol- uh, Lou Holtz that I learned from a documentary. Um, there's talk of, of Stephen Ross having resigned from um, the NFL Social Justice Committee. Uh, Rick, I understand that uh, you will be joining that Social Justice Committee, so I look forward to your work uh, there. Um, obviously, a couple of pieces about Anthony Scar- Scaramucci. A uh, great piece on uh, Bud Weiscarber, who was the seven-time state-winning uh, softball coach at Strasburg that just retired. There is in my reign. I cannot tell you, and Rick can tell you this. The, the, the it's sports, it's pop culture, it's politics, it's entertainment. Yeah, there, there is no place to where I do not go on an almost daily basis, and that is what the blog is. Absolutely. You've got it all curated there, and I'll leave you with this. The NFL turned down my slogan that I wanted to use for that, which was no social justice, comma, peace. They didn't want to go with that. I don't know what their problem is. But, uh, again, they can certainly... Rest assured that we have provided fine analysis for the 2019 AFC North. For Platinum Smalls, I'm Rick Morris. Thank you for listening to this mini-episode of the FDH Lounge. As we bring the show to a close, we would like to extend our deepest gratitude to NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox, All Clear Channel Affiliates, TNT, TBS, USA, UPN, Deadspin.com, YouTube.com, YTMND.com, MySpace.com, various blogs, Fox News, CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, IamBoard.com, Billboard.com, Google.com, ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN Classic, NBA TV, NFL Network, Sports Time Ohio, Athlon Magazine, Comedy Central, Cartoon Network, The Boomerang Channel, QVC, BET, The Spice Channel, Steno Notebooks, Manwich, Papermate Office Supplies, Waitresses, Strippers, Bartenders, Garbage Men, Janitors, Microwave Popcorn, The Writers of The Office, Scrubs, Entourage, My Name is Earl, Oz, Metalocalypse and the Boondocks, Aquafina, and The Periodic Table of Elements.